Hey gang, it's Brian from FX Billiards. Today I'm going to talk to you about how to measure your improvement as a player. Now some of you measure your improvement by, oh my friend used to beat me and now I beat him. Or um, my Fargo went from this level to this level. Or I took the um, Billiard University exam and I got this score but now I get this score. Uh, a lot of these are not very good barometers as far as the improvement of your game. Number one, if you're doing an exam to determine whether or not you're getting better, what you're getting better at is taking the exam. Your pool game is not getting better. Um, sometimes you find yourself improving in an exam because you get good at the exam because you're taking the same shots over and over again. So that is not a good gauge of your improvement. It might be a good gauge of your initial level and years later, it might be a good gauge of your new level, but getting good at the exam does not make you a good pool player. The second thing, your APA ranking. APA rankings are some of the worst barometers of someone's skill there are out there. For example, I talk to guys all over the country, actually I talk to guys all over the world uh, on a weekly basis, and there's different tables, there's different uh, circumstances, there's different types of players. There's so many differences in APA that an APA 4 in New York, for example, is different than an APA 4 in Mississippi. And I'll tell you why. If you're playing on crappy bar boxes that aren't level, have terrible cloth on them, and aren't maintained on a regular basis, and then there's another guy who's playing on beautiful new diamond tables with Simonis 860 uh, HR every day, uh, there's a big difference in a four playing on, on the crappy tables and the four that is playing on these great tables uh, at a really nice pool hall. So be careful about these APA rankings. Also, a lot of players that you used to beat and now they beat you, maybe sandbagging. Another problem with APA rankings is that there's a lot of sandbagging. I'll give you an example. I, um, quick story. Years ago, when I was playing APA, uh, I show up an hour early. I always got there early so I could get used to the table, but I'm playing on my, my home court. And I show up an hour early and there's a guy there and he's warming up on a table beside me. I don't know him. I've never met him before. Um, we'll call him Brendan and, because his name is Brendan, by the way. So I said, hey, you want to um, you want to shoot some games? We introduce ourselves. He says, sure, let's play some eight ball. So I play Brendan and I am ecstatic because this guy can play. And if you're an APA 7, you know there's not a lot of guys that give you competition, heads up in the APA. Less than 5% of the league, has to be less than 5%, are sevens. And by the way, that's a dying breed uh, for a number of reasons. So unless you play in the Masters, you don't run into a lot of other guys that can play with you. Now, Brendan did not play as a seven, but he could easily be a six. So um, I was, you know, very happy to find somebody that I could play with and, and was giving me a challenge for an hour while I waited for our team to show up and, and for the match to start. And I could tell he had skills, 
tell by shot selection, his stroke, and everything. He had he had all the pieces in place. And I'm thinking, you know, this would be a good guy on my team. He'd probably be a six or something like that. Well, league night starts. I find out he already plays in the APA. His team is going to be playing over there. My team is going to be playing over here. And Brendan is a four. I'm like, well, that's not right. He shouldn't be a four. Uh, maybe he's new in the league. The system just hasn't caught up with him yet. Been in the league for five years. Five years longer than me. Like, well, this, I don't get it. Then I find out his entire team, entire team, has been sandbagging. And sandbagging their way to Vegas year after year. And it just goes to show that these APA rankings don't have much weight. Because if you get a bunch of people that decide to cheat the system, all bets are off. And later on, he moved up to a five. I'm sure somebody wrote a letter because I used to tease him that I was going to write a letter. Uh, if they didn't move him up, he should have been a six. But he did get moved up to a five. But he had a whole team. I played against his coach, who should have been a solid seven, uh, who was playing at a six for a very long period of time. So just about everybody on their team was playing about one level lower than they should. How do you rank your personal improvement since Brian said you shouldn't use your Fargo score and Brian said you shouldn't use the guys that you used to beat in the APA um, and now they beat you and Brian said that you shouldn't use your APA uh, level. How do you measure your improvement? Well, I'm going to teach you a very simple system that you can start today and you can use it for the next 20 years. And I'm not joking because I have numbers on myself that go back 10, 15 years, and I can see on a graph, because I put everything on a spreadsheet, exactly where my improvement is. Now, if you've been playing as long as I have, your, that, that um, curve of your improvement is gonna be a little more flatlined than there's gonna be for someone who is a beginner. A beginner can improve 100% overnight by just learning a new stroke or, or getting their, their selves in the right stance or a lot of different things. Uh, guys that take lessons, I, I give guys lessons online. Uh, I've had people probably improve the game by 30% almost overnight just by working on their stroke or their stance or teaching them a new shot that they couldn't do before. I recommend that you measure yourself at the minimum once a week, once a month, but the more frequently you do it, if you do it every day, you're gonna have much better numbers than if you do it once a month. So you can do this every day. It can be part of your practice session. And if you keep good numbers, you'll be able to get a good judge of your improvement. So you're going to do this on the same piece of equipment if possible. If you're not gonna have access to the same piece of equipment, do something that is going to be easily accessible. For example, test yourself on a nine foot gold crown table because you're going to be able to find them in pool halls for the next 30 years. Uh, they've been there for God knows how many years and they're going to be there going forward. So if you have a table at home, you can do this on your table, but don't measure yourself one day on a seven foot bar box and then try to use the same system on a nine foot gold crown table. It's just not going to work. So this is what you're going to do. You are going to rack nine balls, whether you're an eight ball player, a straight pool player or what, 
you're going to rack nine balls. Try to put the one, the nine, and the two in the same spot. What I like to do is put the one, obviously, has to go on the top. You're going to put the nine in the middle, and I put the two in the rear because uh, as you get good, you'll be able to control where the two ball goes based on where you break from. But if you put the two ball in the back of the rack, you have less control of that two ball. So you won't be able to cheat yourself. Break the balls and run them off in rotation, just like you're playing nine ball. And give yourself a score for each ball that you were able to make after your break, not counting the balls that you made on the break, because that'll just give you a score at how good you're breaking. But each ball that you're able to make after the break with ball in hand starting out. So basically you're playing against a ghost and you're going to give yourself one point for each ball you're able to make. If you break and run the rack, you got 10 points. Why did you get 10 points? Because you're going to get two points for the nine ball. You can set your own rules. Now, when I break, usually there's two balls that are going to be made, the wing ball and the one ball in the side pocket. I leave those balls in the pocket and I play the entire rack. If you want to bring them up and spot them, you can do that. The problem with that is when you spot balls, you're putting them on the, on the head string, I'm sorry, on the foot string, and they become a cluster and now you have to get good at breaking up that cluster. Uh, you can leave them in the pocket. It doesn't matter what rules you set for yourself as long as you are consistent with those rules. If you're going to keep the balls in the pocket, keep them in the pocket every time you test it. If you're going to count the balls you make on your break or you're not going to count them, whatever the case is, use the same system. And you will have a number. You will break and run and I made three balls, I got three points. You put down three. You're going to do it again. You're going to do it ten times and you're going to have ten numbers and what you're going to do is add those numbers up and divide that by ten and that is going to be your score. And you will have a baseline for just how good you are. A lot of you, your score, if you don't count the balls that you made on the break, a lot of you, your score is going to be three. You're probably going to run three balls. If you're an advanced player, you guys see us, you know, break and run nine ball racks all the time, especially with ball in hand. Uh, if you're an advanced player, you're going to have much higher numbers. You're probably going to have um, not tens, but you're probably going to have solid sevens or eights. Remember, you're going to get ball in hand. And if you're an advanced player, you can always count those balls that are, are in the pocket. The reason you're going to get two points for the nine ball is because it will tempt you. You'll take some shots that will um, be combinations. You'll be trying to make the nine because that's the <laughs> that's the, the rule in nine ball. You're trying to make the nine. If you get through the rack as an advanced player and you beat the ghost, instead of getting nine points, you're going to get ten because you'll make the nine ball. It shouldn't be confusing to you guys for this simple reason. You get to make up your own rules, but stick by those same rules throughout every session whether you shoot it once a week, once a month, whatever it is, keep the same rules. And if you keep the same rules for years, you'll have an exact measurement of where you are today and where you are a couple years from now. I have a, a spreadsheet. I can look at it 
and see my improvement going back seven, eight years since I've been doing this. So a lot of you aren't going to be as meticulous as I am about it. You're not going to put it on a spreadsheet, but you're going to write down a number in a book. That's fine. But take each rack, count how many balls you make, one point for each ball, two points for the nine ball, write down your number after dividing it by 10. You don't want to do it with just one rack or two racks or three racks. You have to do it with 10 racks because you want to have a legitimate set of numbers to work with. The great thing about this measuring system is it becomes your practice session. So unlike the Billiard University exam, where you're getting good at shooting a five foot shot that you're cutting into the corner over and over again, here you're getting good at running racks, which is the name of the game. So even if you're an eight ball player, use this. Hit me in the comments, let me know how you guys make out. Like I said, the majority of amateur players, your number is gonna be three or four once you run your 10 racks and divide it by 10. Be honest with yourself. Don't cheat the system and come up with your own rules and stay consistent on those rules. While we're talking about your own rules, let's talk about some other rules that you might want to put in place. Number one, if I scratch on the break, my number is zero. That's my own rule. And the reason I play that way is because if I'm playing nine ball, most of the time I'm playing against a very good player who is gonna run out if I scratch on the break. He's gonna get ball in hand, there's probably only seven balls left on the table, and he's gonna run them out in most of the places that I play. So I play a scratch on the break is zero. You might wanna play a scratch on the break, you get ball in hand and you can do whatever you want, as long as you are consistent with your rule. I feel that I should be highly punished if I scratch on the break because the consequences are usually an L. So you use a gauge that's good for you, but again, make sure you're playing by the same rules all the time. And guys, once again, if all you do every day is break and run nine ball racks and rotation, you're going to get good at whatever game you're playing. Whether you're a nine ball player, or a straight pool player, or what, you are going to get better. So keep this in mind and let me know in the comments how you guys make out and if the system worked for you. And if you have a new rule that you like that I haven't talked about, let us know what you're doing so that other guys can get an idea. But be consistent, use the same type of equipment each time, same kind of table, same kind of pockets, uh, same kind of uh, cloth if you can and keep good records and you will know better than your Fargo score, better than your APA ranking, better than somebody's exam, you will know if you are actually getting better. Hit me in the comments, give us a thumbs up, don't forget to subscribe. Have a great day. Hello, this is Steph from FX Billiards. 
Did you know that you can receive personalised private lessons from Brian Mitchell via Zoom or telephone? Even if you do not have a pool table at home. It's fun, educational and very affordable. You will have full access to Brian during and after your lessons and you will see your pool game improving immediately. Yes, the very same day. Also, your satisfaction is guaranteed. This is the time to take your game to new highs. This is the time to become an elite player. For more information, visit fxbilliards.com. Act now while slots are still open. And for a limited time, you will receive a discount on a set of three 30-minute private lessons.